right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to WFNULP 94.1 FM in St. Paul. We are Frogtown Community Radio. This is 651 Sports Update. I am your host, Mike Resendez, and with me today is Eric Erickson. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Mike. Great to be here in the WFNU studio with you this wintry Saturday morning. We made it. Uh, through wind, through cold, through snow, uh, nothing stops the delivery of the 651 Sports Update. That's right. We had ice on our windshield this morning, a little extra warm-up time for our cars. So, But uh, I, think, I think we survived unscathed. We so. did, and it's Martin Luther King weekend, so a happy Martin Luther King Day coming up to you and all your listeners. Monday, of course is our federal holiday to honor and recognize the service, sacrifice, and message of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the civil rights leaders working on equality still to this day. So I like to remind the students at Como Park High School about why they don't have school on Monday. Awesome. Yeah, and I know uh, that week, next week, uh, various shows on our schedule will have... uh, um, information and, and history about Martin Luther King Jr. So you want to tune in and listen to that. Um, and uh, we will get to uh, some scores and stats this week that uh, has happened over since last Saturday. We'll get to that. But first, if you want to find out more about WFNU, just go to WFNU.org. Check us out. You can stream us live there. You can also download our free WFNU app. Eric, that works anywhere around the world. Anywhere around the world, global, international access to WFNU. That's right. I'd like to know how far away we've reached on that app, but I know for sure we've reached from Portland, Oregon to Portland, Maine, because I've done that both. So it comes in nice and clear on the app. So check us out there. You can also check us out on social media. Just search WFNU or Frogtown Community Radio on the uh, big three, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are there, and uh, this show is there as well. Uh, you can search 651 Sports Update on all of that. So check it out. And uh, New Year, new paint, Eric. We were talking about the fresh new coat of paint in the uh, studio, so we have that going on. Uh, there's a nice new little wall of fame. And uh, we're just uh, starting 2020 off with the fresh coat of paint. Oh, it looks good in here with this fresh coat of paint. Some green for Frogtown and some pink accents. And, uh, yes, very sharp. So I, I assume you've shared it on social media and people have had a look already i yeah i well i did on the uh the mike res radio facebook page uh the 945 show listeners got a video of that but i'm gonna post some pictures and maybe i'll post a video for the 651 sports update crowd as well so it's pretty spiffy so it does look good yep all right so let's get into what we came here to do eric let's talk about some high school sports now we had some Sports action uh, happening. It is a school year, and uh, so far the weather has held up pretty nicely, and we've been getting a lot in, except for last night uh, with the snowstorm predicted. They did cancel last night's festivities. So <laughs> Proactive cancellations. Right. We got the call about uh, 10 a.m. that everything after school was off. Right, so we have nothing for last night, but we have everything from last Saturday, so let's get to it. We're going to start with girls basketball. And last Saturday, it was Humboldt over North St. Paul, 66-32. Central defeated Bloomington Kennedy, 54-42. On Monday, though, it was Moundsview over Central, 74-51. 
Tuesday, Washington over Mung Academy 37-11. Humboldt over Johnson 58-18. Highland Park defeats Minneapolis Edison 77-51. Central over Harding 67-49. And St. Agnes gets the victory 42-17 over Trinity. On Wednesday, it was Minneapolis-Roosevelt 61, Washington 15, Humboldt 67, Brooklyn Center 53. And on Thursday, it was Hope Academy 61, Johnson 39, and Concordia Academy over St. Agnes 80-31. Anything on Thursday? That was Thursday. Oh, you said I I must have missed a segue to Thursday in there. (laughs) We're just getting started with conference games uh, in the St. Paul City Conference. You heard a few of those results, plus non-conference contests were mixed in there as well. Looking ahead, Como plays Creighton on Monday in an MLK showcase over at Creighton. That'll be a good test for the Cougars, and they've had quite a few good tests against highly ranked large schools. As for the early conference standings, Como's on top with Central, both at 3-0. and Highland and Humboldt are next at 1-1. One and one. Humboldt's overall record is impressive, really impressive, at 11-4 and four so far for the Humboldt Hawks. And I wanted to give a shout-out to Harding Girls Basketball, who came to Como the other night. They gave great effort. They are really well coached by Saladin Wright. I used to coach with Saladin in the Como Boys program back in the early 2000s. He's a great basketball mind, and uh, now he's in his first year leading the Knights. The other fun thing was um, one of the star volleyball players we covered back in the fall was playing hoops for Harding. Grace Davis Chavez is a good rebounder and post player. You might remember her making some big blocks in volleyball. Right, yep. And senior Natalie Gasterland was another nice post player with good size for Harding. Nice team with good organization and outstanding out-of-bounds plays, which is completely a result of coaching. They were just spot-on execution on on three or four uh, designed out-of-bounds plays that resulted in um, baskets or outstanding looks. So that was a fun game for me to see uh, a uh, well-respected coach in St. Paul I used to coach with and uh, what he's got going with the Harding girls. All right, turning that program and getting them uh, set to go on uh, the new year. Let's head over to the boys' side of things in basketball. Uh, last Saturday it was Richfield over Highland Park 78-55. to Humboldt defeated Minneapolis Roosevelt 60-44. to Johnson over... St. Charles, 67-56. to 56. Now, St. Charles, here's a fun fact for you. It's one of the first schools I covered, my first radio gig back in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to see their names uh, out there. W- which corner of the state does that? Oh, that's southeast Minnesota, down near Rochester. Harmony, Lanesboro area, if people know where that is. That's where St. Yep. Charles is down there. Uh, Duluth East over Central, 89-57. to 57. That was a like a Great Lakes tournament that was going on up in Duluth last Saturday. Uh, on Tuesday, it was Central over Harding, 82-55. to Washington over Como Park, 89-49. to Johnson defeats Humboldt, 69-46. to And Johnson's coach, Vern Simmons, notched his 400th career win that night for the Govies. So congratulations, Coach Simmons. Legendary Coach Vern Simmons. State title in 2010 and so many state tournament appearances and he has been at it a long time, very committed to the boys at Johnson. He's a St. Paul police officer. 
um, in the day. The boys are also just starting to hit some conference games on their schedule. Remember, Central won the conference last year. They were undefeated in conference play. Uh, not going to happen in 2020, though. Johnson right. knocked them off the other week, and and they, the governors, are on top at 2-0 and after that 67-61 win over the Minutemen. I saw Washington play the other night versus Como at Como, and, man, were they ever impressive. They have two outstanding seniors, uh, Zay Smith and Drew White, Zavion Smith and Drew White from uh, Washington. They form quite a dynamic duo. Long-distance shooting, very athletic, playing above the rim. And then there was Andreas Green, also a senior who drained a few threes. He really got into a rhythm and helped pour it on for the Eagles in what was a dominant victory over the Cougars. That's right. We uh, follow them quite a bit, obviously, but um, it's good to see that uh, Washington has got their uh, their team. They've been pretty good the last couple of years. We've been uh, mentioning them quite a bit, and actually those two players uh, that you mentioned, I believe, are they seniors this year? Yep, yeah. exactly, both so seniors. They, they've been uh, top of the scoring sheets for Washington for the last couple of years. Yeah, and now in their senior season, uh, they're really making a little uh, noise in the in the conference, and they've had some good non-conference wins as well. All right, so let's get over to girls hockey. And last Saturday was the uh, big outdoor game, and I know you were at that uh, game, Eric. Uh, it was Minnehaha United 3, St. Paul, Sibley Riveters 2. So it was uh, the Minnehaha over uh, the Riveters 3-2 to two in that game. How was the outdoor affair? It was nice, not that bad cold but not that cold sure (laughs) (laughs) and the ice was in great uh, shape they did a wonderful job of getting it set and and uh getting that zamboni out there in between sessions and keeping it uh keeping it smooth and fantastic event put on by foca that's f-o-c-a foca friends of como athletics they are the sponsors that make it possible it is a lot of work and uh, they really do a fantastic job of creating an event, not just for the St. Paul Sibley Riveters, but this is a, a showcase day with eight teams from across the state coming in to play in the neighborhood at Northdale Rec Center. A lot of rave reviews from the other uh, teams and the players and their parents, a really excellent event. And I, I cannot give um, myself too much credit, Mike. My time was limited. <laughs> okay? I, I popped in. I saw a couple people. I took some photos. I saw the warm-ups for the uh, Riveters and uh, about half the first period. And then I, uh, and, and then I had to leave. But uh, I was so glad I got to stop in for that little bit of time at least to see and get reminded about, number one, how much work it is to sponsor an event like that. So kudos to the friends of Como Athletics. And two, just uh, that spirit of hockey in Minnesota, old school outdoor hockey. Right, yeah, that is a a really fun event. So uh, you missed it this year, but uh, next year you'll have another opportunity to to do it. And uh, it was actually not that cold. It's usually, they don't do it on purpose, but it's usually one of the coldest days in January. But uh, I think we had 12 degrees this particular January day. Not bad. Not bad. And Coach Blaze was really happy about uh, the way things were going as well. I, obviously, the girls wanted that result. They wanted to win right. the game. Uh, so that'll be a, 
a little disappointing, uh, but looking back at that at that game and the memories on that ice uh, will always be a positive. Right. All right. So the rest of the scores for the week Tuesday it was Simley over uh, the Riveters seven zero, and it was Saint Paul United over Minnehaha United eleven to three. Going over to boys hockey last Saturday, Johnson over Kitson County Central five to three. Providence Academy over St. Paul Academy. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, that was a, a tie, 2-2. So there, nobody won that game. That was an overtime tie. Uh, on Tuesday, it was Johnson over Simley, 5-2. Southwest Christian, Richfield, 5. Highland Park, 2. Thursday, Dodge County, 5. Highland Park, 2. And St. Paul Academy, 5. Southwest Christian, Richfield, 2. And those are your scores for boys hockey last week. Johnson, they are having an excellent season. An elite season, if you will. <laughs> elite. Uh, they're going to get huge exposure in an upcoming documentary. I've seen commercials and um, their own tweets about their appearance on Dream State, which is a uh, series on Fox Sports North. I, th- I think that's the correct. Whoever does the Wild Games is producing this Dream State series. Oh, nice. And it chronicles a high school hockey team, and they chose the Pride of the East Side, Johnson, a legendary program that is still surviving and thriving, even as hockey in the city is declining Mm -hmm. due to demographic shifts. Johnson is alive and well. So that's going to be really positive for the kids and the team and Johnson High School as a whole, and certainly fun for the, uh, the old guard in the whole East Side hockey community to see their program showcased statewide in a mini-series, so to say. I think it's half-hour segments for eight weeks or so. And so they've apparently had a documentary crew following them around <laughs> most of the season. Right. So uh, probably some pretty good stories and uh, situations coming out of that. As for on the ice, Johnson's record is 12-4 and four at this point, and they are ranked either near or in the state's top 10 for class a teams nice yeah they uh actually looking looking at last night so they must have been up north last night it looks like they had a game last night and they won three to one over lake of the woods they frequently have out of town <laughs> trips so they'll play a friday right. saturday as well how did they they must have got out of they town, got out of town yep. yeah. yeah so i was just looking at that because as you said 12 and 4 and yeah, the what I have is thirteen and four. So I looked, and there they are. So Johnson plays an independent schedule, mm-hmm. um, as we said, because of the, the shifting dynamics. Highland Park played an independent schedule when they came back too for a little bit. But they're in two rivers now. The independent schedule is a little trickier because you have to schedule teams that are in conferences that have a day or two in between games that they want to get in there. So. Uh, lots of traveling. Lots of traveling, and you're right. A lot of admin on the front end to get 24, 25 games right. scheduled. Yeah, so uh, good job for them. I wonder how uh, – well, I'm going to have to ask them what if how much of a distraction it is to have a camera crew following you around mm-hmm. for the season. Mm-hmm. So that would be, be a fun watch out for that. Uh, we'll, we'll check that out. All right, let's go over to gymnastics. Uh, last Saturday at the Osseo Fridley Invitational – Johnson took second place in that Invitational uh, with a score of 94.6, just behind Osseo and Fridley. Uh, in that one, your all-around winner was Katie Edwards of Osseo Fridley. 
On Wednesday, it was Highland Park over Como Park. Your all-around winner in that one was India David. Uh, and in on Wednesday as well, Central over Johnson. Your all-around winner was Eden Hunt of Central. Now, the Wednesday result, uh, Eric, for Highland Park, India David, a name that we haven't heard no. uh, this uh, year or last year. Uh, but uh, You're going a lot a, today. Yeah, she's a junior. Uh, so we will be... Uh, it's interesting. She's actually, when I went back uh, to look at uh, some of the other results, she uh, had won an event earlier this year as well. Uh, so we will, uh, looks like we'll be hearing a lot of her over the next, uh, the rest of this year and next year. As well as the um, Highland captains that were on the show with us last month. Um, they continued to score well and are poised for a great senior season. That would be Lucy Lipscomb and Maya Bishop. Uh, leading the way for the Scots. They haven't uh, lost a dual meet yet, and they won a big tournament with big schools in early January. And as as we've said then, uh, Central looking good and close behind. Johnson is third and Como is fourth. The one thing they all have in common is improvement. All the girls gaining confidence with more repetition and coaching. It's a sport where the lifelong gymnasts are um, already at levels where the the improvement can be um, incremental or marginal. Um, some of the beginners and, and novices make great gains throughout mm-hmm. the course of their first couple months. And um, But improvement all around, and that's one of the great things about that individual sport with um, team support around it. Right, and that's uh, really what you want to see uh, at the end of the year is how much individuals and teams have improved uh, from the beginning to the end. So. All right, let's go over to wrestling. Uh, we have quite a bit of uh, results here because uh, with wrestling, there's lots of duels and and uh, triangulars and meets that happen throughout the week. So last Saturday at the Minneapolis Edison Tournament, Harding took first. Washington was in second. Central finished sixth. So we had uh, three St. Paul schools finish in the top six in that one. At the Johnson duels, it was Johnson over Minneapolis South, and then Johnson fell to Andover and Champlin Park. Uh, and also Cannon Falls in that one. At Stillwater, it was Stillwater 75, Highland Park 0, and then Fairbolt Bethlehem Academy over Highland Park as well. Egan defeats Highland Park 66-9 to last Saturday. On Wednesday, the Johnson Quads, it was Edina over Johnson, and then Johnson defeats Benilde St. Margaret. Humboldt in that one, and then Humboldt defeats Benilde St. Margaret's as well, and then Humboldt fell to Edina 54-30. to The St. Croix Lutheran quad, it was Highland Park over St. Croix Lutheran, and then they lost to Fridley and Creighton. Harding defeats Central 48-27, Washington over Como Park 45-30, and that meet had a little bit uh, of a little extra uh, special meaning, and maybe you can explain that, Eric. I, I certainly will. Um... I was going to save it for the Como Rundown, but uh, the short version of the story is former Como coach Greg Petrie unfortunately passed away yeah, beginning of this month. He did over uh, 20 years of wrestling coaching at Como Park. Uh, he was beloved. Um, the, uh, the tree, the coaching tree of uh, Greg Petrie and Roy Magnuson at Como Wrestling is, is pretty awesome. The Washington-Como match had Washington, led by Richie Taylor, coached by Greg Petrie, back in 2000, 2001, 2002. Como coach, Theo Vanderway, coached by Greg Petrie, 2000, 2001, 2002, state entrance here. 
in those years for both those wrestlers. And the Como athletic director, Kua Yang, um, coached by Greg Petrie <laughs> in wrestling, state tournament appearances. And so both coaches and the athletic director uh, hosting the event um, all were greatly influenced by the work of Greg Petrie. So alumni night combined with honoring Coach Petrie before the event, it was pretty special. It was a awesome event uh, paying tribute to the family of Como Wrestling and, in a larger sense, St. Paul City Wrestling. Right. Yeah, there's lots of connections mm-hmm. uh, with one man there. Washington's on top of the conference after that win with a 4-0 record. They still have to wrestle Highland and Humboldt to try and claim the conference. Harding has just one loss in the city, which was a close 39-33 to loss to Washington. So you can sense from those scores, competition's really close. The um, fact that a weekend tournament right after that conference match between Washington and Harding Mm -hmm. had Harding scoring 186 points to win the tournament with Washington finishing second with 182 points. There's a four-point gap in Harding's favor that day. There's a six-point gap the previous dual meet Washington's way. So if you're Harding, would you rather beat Washington to possibly win the city or win the 10-team Minneapolis Edison tournament? Uh, yeah, <laughs> if it's either or. I don't know. I think I think you want the, the city title, but yeah. if you can do both. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope they get a trophy for the tourney that they won, but you know that conference championship is the first goal right. for every team <laughs> in St. Paul City Wrestling. Highland Park also is in the mix at 3-1. and one with their final two city matches against Harding and Washington, which means Highland controls their own destiny. If they win both of those, they will be the city champs winning the head-to-heads. So it's exciting. Yeah, the stretch here. The last couple of years, it's been down to the last one or two meets that are coming up, and and you got teams that uh, any anyone can take it mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So. That's awesome. Makes it more exciting for the for the wrestlers and and for the fans that go out and see it. So, yeah, you can't count on anything. You no. can't count on results going into the gym. Right. So that yeah. is awesome for everybody. Yeah. So that'll make it fun. All right. Let's go over to Nordic skiing on the girls' side. Last Saturday at the ABC Relays, it was a four k and a two and a half k. And your results are uh, Central A taking fourteenth, and then Central B also taking. 19th so they had uh two teams out there your individual winner came from forest lake on tuesday it was the classic uh classic race freestyle 5k and it was highland park central orono visitation como and mound west tonka your individual winner in that race was molly manning of highland park on the boys side of things at the abc relays last saturday uh, Central A finished in 10th, and Central B finished in 18th, and your individual winner came from Forest Lake in that one. And then Tuesday at the Classic Race, it was Highland, Central, Orono, Como, Mound West, Tonka, and Avalon School. Your individual winner in that one was Cole Johnson of Highland Park. Okay, breaking that down a little bit, uh, first of all with the girls, Nordic, Highland Park is where we expected they would be. They're, they're winning everything. Uh, there was one team, uh, you mentioned Forest Lake, that scored three points higher than them at the mm-hmm. big Masabi East Invitational event 
up north and um, one one skier who somehow beat Molly Manning. But that's one of the other top teams in the state, Forest Lake. So strong season again for the Scots, competing with the best. Uh, they are amongst the best. Uh, Central is doing awesome as well on the girls' side. If, if loyal listeners remember, the St. Paul Nordic Ski community already knows uh, both Central and Highland girls' teams qualified for the state meet last season. So we have some high-level skiing in the city here with those two girls' programs. Boys Nordic, once again, Highland Park has posted impressive results, and Central is right there with them. Um, in fact, when you were going through the results, it was the classic race, I think it was, that Central beat Highland. Um, strictly a, a classic style race and in that central came out on top in the meet where you can do the skate ski or freestyle highland beat central and balance out the difference with both those events being necessary for section meets and city meets and state meets uh, they're neck and neck so at at the conference um event coming up and and since they're in the same section it's going to be really close Hopefully the next time we're on the air, both teams will have qualified for state. Almost did last year on the boys' side as well. Central was third. Right. Got to be top two to qualify for state. And Highland, of course, uh, won it and, and was there representing St. Paul. All right. And uh, I also want to mention I we went out to the uh, Como Park golf course, and I tried cross-country skiing for the mm. first time in about 20 years. It is a lot harder than I remember. So I... I honestly was thinking, Wait, kudos. for an athlete like you? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It seems hard, but uh, I don't know how many times I fell standing still on those things. <laughs> and they're not easy to get up from. So I don't know how. I mean, I was even thinking, you know, about the biathlon in the Olympics. You know how they <laughs> crouch down to get their five shots off with their rifles. And it's like, how do you get down and up that quickly? Because it took me a while. It was it was embarrassing. It was like a turtle on his shell. Okay, more evidence about why we, we need to do these things and have people do these things so they appreciate right. the <laughs> skill level involved with all of our kids who are doing so well at these, <laughs> at these athletic events. It is not easy. It is not easy. So, I yeah, so that's... Uh, the more you know, I guess, about my athletic skills. <laughs> I'll give you a little credit. Como is a, a difficult place to uh, begin because you're you put on your skis and you're already on a hill and right. you're trying yeah. to balance. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was fun, but yeah, it was definitely one of those days. I just yeah. All right, let's go on to swimming and diving. Wait, let's continue to break down your <laughs> lack of athletic prowess. No, <laughs> that's uh, that'll be on the next show. We'll, we'll do a whole other show about that. Uh, last Saturday at the Buffalo Invitational for boys swimming and diving, uh, Central came in fifth in that one at the South St. Paul Invitational last Saturday. Como Park finished sixth in that meet. On Tuesday, it was St. Louis Park over Highland Park SPA, 65-28. And Thursday, it was Highland over Como, 90-79. Close meets. Highland Park SPA and Central have their big meet, their dual meet, this upcoming Wednesday. The winner will take the championship for the dual meet season. Then there will be the conference meet the next week, the last week of January, where everybody is together and the individual and relay um, awards for conference, all conference selections are rewarded and uh, we determine the, the overall city meet champion. Como has been so close 
and I'll talk about them later. Great competition amongst our teams in the conference. Uh, really fun to see such competitive scoring between the swim teams. Yeah, and uh, I don't have all of the information in front of me, so uh, but I do want to mention that the Central Boys Swimming and Diving Team is doing the Polar Plunge again. Uh, I believe it's the third or fourth year in a row now uh, since Coach David has taken over. Um, and if you follow the Boys Swimming and Diving Team on Facebook, uh, all the information is there. When I find it later today, I will post that as well, so I will get that out there. So. Good luck to the boys as they take the plunge. Right, and... Uh, David does a good job of having somebody record the plunge and posting <laughs> it. So we'll get that out there as well when that happens. All right, alpine skiing. The Afton Alps Invitational will take place next Friday at 2 p.m. And that's what we have for alpine skiing. We can also add that Highland and Central will be competing in it. That's correct. They are the yes. two teams that have downhill ski teams. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we will... Uh, have those results for you uh, because it's once once a month. The next time that uh, we'll be on the air will be in February, so those results will be on that show. All right, so those are your scores and stats for this past week, and now we will enter into what we like to call our team of the month. We each choose one team. Uh, we alternate every month. One of us takes a boys' team, the other one takes a girls' team. And uh, this month, uh, you have the boys team, as I went back and checked the last time we did this in November. So mm -hmm. uh, we will have you take it away with your boys team of the month. I would be happy to do that. We had to take December off because we had such a packed show with the 20 athletes we had at Colap Restaurant. We did the live show in December, which was a lot of fun. We um, spent uh, the time talking directly to the athletes on that show uh this time back to our format with my 651 sports update team of the month paying tribute to the kids who compete in the coldest conditions of any winter sports team the sport we were just having a good laugh about because we can't do it uh with any sense of balance uh or speed or <laughs> anything else required for success so here in January, the Nordic ski teams and their, their strength really gets tested. Central Boys Nordic has been passing a lot of tests and, and reaching new levels with their results. They appear to be right there with their rivals, having beaten Highland in that classic ski race we mentioned. And they've put in the time training as well. They did some work up in the upper peninsula of Michigan over winter break, improving their stamina and technique. And we'll assume having a lot of fun bonding and hanging out in the cabins and, and cooking and stuff together as well. Because of all of these things and more, Central Boys Nordic achieving at a high level is my 651 Sports Update Team of the Month. All right. Congratulations to them. My 651 Sports Team of the Month goes to a team we were just talking about not too long ago, uh, Highland Parks gymnastics team nice uh, we had members of the gymnastics team uh, last month as we mentioned at Colop restaurant uh, and that team is led by those two young ladies who have, are always on top uh, of their disciplines and uh, their team's results and they have uh, they're no strangers to having their name to mention on this show um, and Lucy Lipscomb is usually the all-around winner at a lot of those meets except for today as we had India Davis mentioned for the first time mm -hmm. as well uh, and I just want to mention as well on January 4th uh, besides uh, Lucy Lipscomb pretty much dominated that meet in every discipline except for beam 
and that was India Davis winning that one with a score of 9.1, and that was at the MGGOA Invitational, the big one that you had mentioned with the other big schools that they uh, uh, beat at that one. Um, and this team is full of juniors. They have two seniors on roster. The rest are made up of juniors. And I was looking at their JV team, and they have a lot of young talent coming up. Uh, they have uh, on their JV team some sophomores, some freshmen, a couple of uh, – eighth graders and a seventh grader so they have some talent uh, coming up if they stay within that program and pipeline and today they compete at the cottage grove invitational at 11 a.m so in about 27 minutes they'll <laughs> take off on that so good luck to them today and it is for all of those reasons they are my 651 sports team of the month Excellent. Congratulations to Highland Gymnastics and to Central Nordic Boys Skiing. All right, so we're going to head over to the Como Park News and your Bugle piece, but before we do that, I have a couple of community announcements here uh, that we want to make sure that you are aware of. Faith Lutheran Church, it's the building that the radio station is in as well, is preparing to open a free store soon in the lower level of the church and that is at 499 charles avenue in st paul right in the heart of frogtown it is called my sister's mission giving help and hope to all my sister's mission will stock clothing undergarments coats shoes toiletries food and almost anything else all of the items are free for any everyone there will be a volunteer recruiting meeting this sunday Uh, January 19th at noon, so tomorrow at noon, in the auditorium outside of the free store's room. So come into Faith Lutheran Church at 499 Charles Avenue this Sunday at noon and help volunteer. My sister's mission really needs your help. And the phone number, if you have any questions, 651-359-0815. 651-359-0815. Also, Eric, and another very important thing coming up, the census. The census is is really important. We all need to respond to the census. Right. And if you would like to be a census taker for Ramsey County, you have an opportunity to do that. You can earn a little extra income. There's flexible hours, weekly pay, and paid training. You can apply online at 2020census.gov slash jobs. 2020census, the number 2020census.gov slash jobs or for more information or help applying you can call 1-855-JOB-2020 anybody looking for a really flexible easy opportunity to make money and help the community in the great city of st paul and state of minnesota please consider it making the same pitch to some of our students who are eligible to do that really good part-time job with a really important purpose Right, yeah, so we have those those announcements. All right, so let's go into Como Park news and what's coming up in the Bugle, and then after that we will head into our uh, much-anticipated pro pick. Sounds good to me. I'd be happy to talk about what I wrote for the next issue of the Park Bugle newspaper, which comes out in the Como Park and St. Anthony Park neighborhoods of St. Paul and online during the last week of January. I just uh, completed an article featuring the Como Boys Swim Team. This is a great program, and we actually had them on the show for our winter sports preview back in 2018, Mike. Uh, November of 2018, I believe. 
So I know I've given them some um, positive uh, support and coverage before, but I was thinking about whether writing about the swimmers or not for this issue would be too soon. Uh, I had written about them and their training regiment before, uh, the miles and miles that they swim every week. You and I probably talked about that on the air as well after I wrote that story. I look back wondering when that was and um, concerned about it being too soon, but that was back in 2016, so it's, it's been four years. Yeah, I, say, I think that's the old studio. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, time flies. So I thought, well, absolutely, this story needs to be told about this team. What I remembered and what I shared back then in 2016 in my um, reporting about their, their effort was um, how strong that work ethic is, how hard these guys work. Not many people understand how much effort they put in and how much distance the top swimmers cover. Um, that's still the same. But what I saw when I watched this team at one of their meets the other week and when I talked to the captains and coaches was that it is so inclusive and so supportive. It's an incredibly positive culture. And more than any other sport I've coached or covered, the distinctions between varsity captain and, and novice swimmer, between varsity and junior varsity meets, they don't matter at all. They, they all train together, different sets, different strokes, techniques, distances, of course, but they're all in the same pool at the same time. And it's, uh, you know, relatively compact space <laughs> the pool it's not like right. when it's nordic you go and you ski the course and you end up half a mile apart from teammates right right or um when you're doing track and you're at different stations uh, soccer you know school's got three teams and they're on three different fields and so a player on the c team may never come into contact with a, a leader on the varsity team right swimming's different and they go to meets together, and the races for JV and varsity are at the same time, just alternating between a JV heat and then a varsity heat and then a JV one and a varsity one. And so they all cheer for each other, and they see each other through every event. And what struck me at the meet um, that I went to versus Johnson last week, and what I ended up emphasizing in the story was that all the swimmers on the pool deck for Como, uh, when they weren't racing, uh, were in positions and spots to cheer and yell encouragement for whoever was in the pool, JV swimmer or the fastest varsity guy. So there was a JV race. I think it was the 100-meter freestyle, which would be four laps. It was something with multiple laps. And, and Como had a first-year swimmer trying their best was much slower than all the other JV swimmers who had already finished. So the lone swimmer in the pool had a good 15 to 20 yards, almost a full lap to go to finish the race. And, and a big group of the Como Varsity guys walked the pool deck right over, and he was in the lane closest to the, the edge of the pool as well. But they walked right over there and basically just escorted him <laughs> down to the, to the finish line, you know, encouraging calls, of, let's go, push it, you got this. And uh, they helped bring him home. And when he touched the wall, an eruption of noise <laughs> from, from everybody on the team. A celebration um, as big, probably much bigger than the ones for the Como kids winning their races. It was awesome. So that sense of inclusion and support 
is a huge foundation of what uh, Coach Steve Connery has built at Como over the last 19 years. It's his 19th season leading the Cougars. And he never expected to coach for this long, but he's really enjoyed the process of helping all the kids and seeing them grow. And it's another one of these sports, as we've mentioned before, where you can really see the improvement and especially for novice swimmers, rapid improvement through that first season. And it's very rewarding and satisfying as a coach and for the kids, of course. So other things that I highlight in the story are, are the coaches who are doing the great um, mentoring and, and leading this variety of swimmers. Coach Connery was a uh, very successful swimmer at Carleton College back in the day where he qualified for the NCAA D3 National Meet. Uh, Como social studies teacher, a colleague of mine, Justin Mann, is serving his second season as an assistant coach. Mann earned a swimming scholarship out of St. Paul Central. He went down to Tennessee State University and uh, earned his way to a scholarship as, as he uh, relays that story. And collectively, they bring a wealth of experience to the Cougars. They're, they're finding ways to blend their knowledge and expertise in order to reach uh, each swimmer at their own level and um, construct their paths for improvement. And they are very complementary of each other. Uh, it's a new, new relationship, just the second year of that. Coach Mann is one of the most experienced swimmers uh, around St. Paul um, with a lifetime of stories, but I, I loved asking him, what's the relationship like with Coach Connery? And he just said, he's the coach. He tells me the sets, I help implement the steps. And that is a really good working relationship because Coach Connery has been doing it for a long time and has a system. And then to have someone with the experience and depth of knowledge to help kids basically learn how to competitively swim and have Mr. Mann being able to focus on that, really nice mixture of um, support and expertise from the coaching perspective. Um, as far as the swimmers doing all the work, junior co-captain Ethan Naparella is a prime example of growing up in Como swimming. We had him on the show that um, November of 18 when we, when we had um, the winter sports preview. He started swimming as a Murray 8th grader and uh, just progressed into Como and, and kept swimming. And he is, uh, at this point, obviously a leader. He learned a lot from the older kids back then, and they still have a couple of Murray swimmers. So Ethan's a good example about someone who started very young and, and grew up in the program, and now there's, I think, three Murray 8th graders that are coming over every day and joining the team to make a full group of 24 in the program. The other story about a captain was uh, Jack Schumacher. He's a senior co-captain. This is another great example about the accessibility and, and support of swimming. He didn't do any sport his freshman year, really didn't have any swimming experience besides jumping around and treading water and, you know. Um, but with that lack of experience, sophomore year, he starts learning strokes, he improved technique, bought into the work ethic, enjoyed the camaraderie of the team. Massive gains led him to be all-conference honorable mention last season in the breaststroke. 
and obviously earned all the respect of his teammates to be selected as a, as a co-captain for his senior year. And besides Ethan Naparella and Jack Schumacher, three other Cougar upperclassmen earned all-conference honorable mention last season, and that includes senior Mason Salverda, junior Aaron Ramsey, and junior Caden Warnberg-Lem. Sophomore Soren Sackrider is highly skilled, full of state-level potential, according to Coach Connery. He's already earned St. Paul City all-conference status in 2019 as a freshman. And so with Sackrider, with Salverda, Ramsey, Warnberg, Lem, Schumacher, Naparella, Coach Connery can count on those six to swim fast and score points in every meet. That nucleus is joined by a distance specialist, freshman Sigurd Isaacson. And uh, Sig, Coach believes, will be at the top of the conference meet in the distance events. So that is quite a core. And they are, as we mentioned, very competitive with the top teams of Highland and Central. They also have depth that Coach Connery has not experienced before with, um, you know, that, that other group of 17 swimmers there maybe not racking up the top spots of varsity points, but they're combining for relays. They're getting... They're, they're getting um, finishing points in other events and having entrance in every event for Como to have a well-balanced lineup. And I will uh, mention those other swimmers on the roster and uh, we'll see their names on the paper as well. That would include um, juniors, Ian Brudnick-Voss, Emmett Sands, Mark Ramudo, sophomores, Mua Zhang, Jaffa Reyes, Jacob Given, freshmen, Nathan Henriksen, Nathan Henriksen, Charlie Power Tyson, Gabe Naparella, Frankie Barnard, Latif Aleman, and then the Murray 8th graders, Kyle Koziak, Finn Lucy, and Oscar Helgen. And the final piece of the story that I wrote about and that I really enjoyed was that question we often ask, what do you do as far as team bonding outside of the sport, outside of practice, outside of the pool? And um, like many, uh, eating. (laughs) (laughs) It seems to be like the number one. Is the eating part. <laughs> Nothing brings people together like food, right? Right. So when you've got a mix of kids who are seniors in high school on down to middle schoolers and everything in between, as we just ran through that roster, you know, that diversity in age, they view it as a plus for sure. And the bonds have been developed through the hard work in the pool and the support for each other in the pool, but they've definitely strengthened the bonds over pasta dinners. Pasta dinners provided by the parents, great source of fuel the night before meets, and a reminder about uh, what adolescent boys can quickly consume. Uh, I, I asked, you know, what the meals entail, and, and Jack Schumacher, uh, a few pounds of spaghetti and a couple gallons of chocolate milk. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I suppose that sounds like a teenager meal. Uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> and, and I asked, and the parents confirmed, yep, that's, that's right. Uh, pounds and pounds of spaghetti and gallons upon gallons of chocolate milk. So that's really great that there are about four or five Como families that rotate through hosting these dinners and giving the kids a chance to get that energy they'll need for competition and, more importantly, arguably, um, 
have bonding experiences together. Wonderful program, successful program. One will be eager to see perform in the conference and section meets. And coaches believe there's an opportunity for some individual and relay city champs and some potential state qualifiers from the Cougars. Awesome. It's good to hear. It's, uh, depth is a, you know, we talk about uh, what what the players do to bond over food, but it seems like with the when you talk to coaches and ask them what's an important thing, and they always, depth is something they always bring up too. So there's a theme there as well. And you were a coach back in your day. So how, I mean, how important is having depth versus talent? I mean, the talent you need for, you know, for obvious reasons, but having that depth there as well. Pushes each other in practice. If your top players, and I'm talking about direct competition here when you're doing soccer, football, basketball, when, you're, when your top players have to practice against, scrimmage against, face other high-level competition when you have the depth to provide a, a practice squad or a second team mm-hmm. that challenges them, well, that's, that's a dream for a coach to have them matched up. As far as this depth, just the maneuverability of lineups and the, to be able to say we want to compete in this event and that event and that event and to be able to fill out a roster and to place people there and to have them be contributing. Um, team scores can be disappointing if you don't have the depth to fill out the whole competitive event. Sure. But they have the ability uh, to do so. And higher scoring, positivity, being close, winning, uh, that helps build a program and, and gain positive momentum. So it's important for that. And then just the vibe, the energy of having more players and more participants involved really takes programs to another level as well. And I'll clarify, uh, Mike, that uh, my, my coaching has uh, uh, shifted in many ways to announcing and promotion and um, doing all of the work to tell the stories about the kids mm-hmm. uh, and, and what they're doing. And I have enjoyed that quite a bit, and I won't change. But I still coach those soccer camps in the summer the St. Paul Blackhawks, <laughs> and I uh, will be uh, coaching this spring in the Como track program. And so I'll have more direct stories to share uh, from Como track and field. And uh, it's one of the sports where depth is really important, right. as we were just discussing with yeah. swimming. And so I'm looking forward to that this spring as a new adventure to help our kids. Now, will you be telling those track and field participants that anything they say is on the record? <laughs> nope. We'll be very clear when we're on the record, yes. Okay. And when I'm off the record as well, yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah, bonding. Yeah. Track and field is a diverse program with, you know, two genders and two teams and, and all the specialty events. Um, competing differently, it's really important to have a cohesive culture and bonding and creating events and community service and eating and all of those things will be a key point of developing the team relationships with that as we go forward. Do you know what your role will be on the team yet? Well, I will say that uh, I've told Coach Kersey I am no track aficionado. Uh, But I will uh, do what you need me to do as far as training a specific event, and I will work very hard to learn as much as I can and to help guide the kids in that. Uh, it's more about, for me, and I think for what our goals are, to, to have a, a consistent connection um, in the building with the kids every day and, and uh, 
be be very reliable and supportive for the program in that way and then uh help with the technical aspects of i don't know shall we learn throws shot put and discus will i there you will go. i get to do uh hurdles or long jump or relays i'm happy to help in any way i can awesome that's great we'll uh look forward to hearing all about that come springtime uh, but uh, we're still in the middle of the uh, winter sports. So. I go to a clinic on uh, Friday and Saturday, though, for track. Oh, so yeah, this Friday and Saturday. A coaching so clinic? Get, yes, yes. Nice. Get uh, immersed a little bit before mm-hmm. you, you, you hit the ground running? Correct. All right. Do you have anything else on the Como Park? Well, side I, I do. I see that time is escaping us. I, mm-hmm. I hope people enjoyed the swim story, and we'll read it in the bugle. I did want to mention girls basketball continues to uh, be ranked in the state's top 10. I, I wanted to share the wrestling story, and we did that earlier with the uh, St. Paul City Rundown. I did want to mention the busy academic uh, month we have coming up in AP Government and Politics and U.S. History. Tuesday is our History Day at Como Park High School. So we've had kids develop primarily websites on the research topic of their choice and we'll present them to judges and uh, we'll be looking to advance some students to regional and state competition from there. I will be taking uh, my AP government classes down to uh, a state just south of here on Monday, February 3rd uh, to witness democracy in action. Ooh, the Iowa caucus. Yes, sir. It is just a couple of weeks away and we'll be taking a field trip after school on monday february 3rd to travel down to mason city iowa uh, talk to the republican uh caucus chair of cerro gordo county and then fly uh well uh jet over uh i just mean quickly quickly we'll take our chartered bus across town (laughs) to the democratic caucus and see their unique process of selecting their presidential preferences and uh, be able to report on uh, what the good voters of Iowa were thinking with the first presidential nomination contest in the country. And then uh, a couple weeks after that, we head out to Washington, D.C., February 23rd for our uh, participation in the National Close-Up Program. Perfect. And uh, the next time you're in February 15th, we will dive into that as well, because I love that trip. Uh, I've had a student go on that trip with you, so... Um, the importance of that trip is huge. So we'll talk about that on the 15th. Wonderful. Thank you. All right. So we have five minutes left to go over a few pro picks that we have to clean up. Uh, our pro pick is a, a time when you and I get to uh, pick whatever we really feel like uh, on the pro side of things. Uh, it's usually a lot of over-unders with uh, scores or stats or, or uh, um Wins and losses, if I can get that out. So let's go way back to November. Uh, we had a hockey pro pick that I wanted to do with the uh, Minnesota Whitecaps, the women's pro hockey team. It was an over-under pick about how many goals they would score up until December 14th. I kind of goofed on the timing on that one. Uh, but the number that I set, I went back 36 and a half. I believe you went with the over. Yeah, I thought they'd keep scoring a lot of goals. And they almost got you there. I went back and counted uh, up until the 14th. They had 35 goals. So just missed that one. Yay for me. Yes. So I get that victory. And then you had one from last month at Colop Restaurant. Go ahead and explain that one. Well, you were wrong about the Vikings. Again. <laughs> go figure. You believed in them, said they'd go further in the playoffs than the Packers. And obviously that was optimistic. <laughs> Wrong. You can say wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Another painful loss for you. So our current standings have me with a winning record of 21 and 17 
and you with a losing record of 17 and 21. <laughs> yeah, we're hoping to get back on the uh, winning side of things. I got to start eating away at that lead. We ever, we were tied for almost two full seasons, and now we're. Well, I'm trending the wrong way. You're trending the right way. So, uh, but let's get uh, to this month's pro pick. This month, we head over to the hardwood floors of the basketball court, Eric. Uh-huh. Bring it on. All right. This is a Timberwolves-related pro pick. So far this season, the Wolves are 15-26. and 26. They look to be getting off to a fast start in the beginning, but they have come back to the pack, so to speak. Pun intended there. Their offensive stats are horrible. Mm-hmm. They usually rank uh, somewhere in the mid to high 20s. on the offensive stance, but their defensive stats are great, averaging in the top 10 in most of the categories on the defensive side. So we're just going to do an uh, over-under with the number of wins until February 14th, so that's up until the day before you come back in on the 15th. Okay. Uh, So right now they are 15 and 26. I'm setting the total number of victories for the Timberwolves at 21 and a half wins. There are 12 games between tonight and the 14th. Well, that means they'd have to win six and a half games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd have to win seven games. They'd have to win seven, yeah. You, so are they going to go seven and five or better, or are they going to be um, six and six or lower? Right. That's the under. Right. And I have some, you know, I've got some other stats I, here. I've got home games. I don't games. need it. Okay. I don't need it, Mike. <laughs> They are going to be under. Under 21 and a half. Yes. Okay. They are not going to win six. Uh, they are not going to win seven games or more in the next 12. I'm taking the under. Okay. They will be 500 at best and more than likely lower. All right. So there you go. So Eric is taking the under 21 and a half wins. Uh, just because I got the stats together, we'll just go. They have 12 total games, eight home, four road. Six and thirteen at home and nine and thirteen on the road. So both losing records at both, but slightly better on the road, but not much. You're counting on Carl Anthony Towns making a difference coming back from injury and getting Who? them on a burst. <laughs> He's been Is he missing still on in the action. team. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Eric, thanks for coming in this morning. I appreciate it. You've been listening to 651 Sports Update on WFNULP 94.1 FM in St. Paul. We are Frogtown Community Radio, and this has been Mike Resendez for Eric Erickson. Have a great weekend, everybody, and uh, we'll see you on the next show. Thanks.